couple weeks ago, my girlfriend called me and she was like, bro, I want to do a session called 12 weeks to being healthy, happy, and healed. And I want you to teach a session. And I'm like, all right, let me pray about it. Let me think about it. And I'll get back to you with my topic. And, you know, as I started to think through and wrap my brain, I'm like, what are the keys to really being happy, healthy, and hold? We know that having a faith walk and relationship with God is definitely going to be a major key, right? In terms of a practical application, what does that look like? You know, is it building your faith walk? Is it trusting the process? Is it enjoying the process? Finding joy in the journey? You know, all these buzzwords. And I'm like, oh, you know, those are good, but that's not what I want to talk about. As a productivity coach, I'm like, okay, well, I could talk about productivity and accountability and having systems and structure and strategy in place so that you can make sure that you are walking in a life that allows you to be happy and you have steps in place that make sure that you're healed and that you're, you know, all the things. And I'm like, yeah, productivity is my thing, but I don't think that's it. So anyways, one day I was looking at, um, I just opened Google and in my feed, it says Harvard finds, Harvard study finds ways for children to be successful, happy, and, and, and healthy. I'm like, oh, okay, let's look at that. So I clicked on the article and it was like, in order to have successful kids, this is the one thing you have to do. Are you ready for the answer? Make them do chores. And what they're saying is that it gives them a sense of self-worth and better work ethic because they feel that they're contributing to society, right? So they're doing something bigger than themselves. Now, as adults, I'm sure you've made a better two or washed some dishes in your lifetime. But we're still here trying to figure out how to be happier, how to be healthier, how to be healed, right? So I'm not saying anything against doing chores. That's something that creates discipline and all those things. But there's something more. So this is what was revealed to me. I believe that we become happy, healed, and healthy by managing our expectations in life. And I just want to start off by saying that happiness used to be a goal of mine. But as I matured and I learned more, I realized that the goal is joy because happy is based on everything being perfect and rainbows and sprinkles and it's situational, which means that it's fleeting because situations change, things change, things happen. But when you start to pivot towards joy, then joy is just being able to have this consistent, even tone because of what you know. So when you know that you're going to win in the end, despite the trials and, and the tragedy and the test and the mess and all that's going on, you can have joy in the moment, right? So I'm using the word happy because, you know, she wanted to do something catchy with H-H-H, happy, healed, and healthy. But I want you to think of joy, right? That's really what we're going to. So like I said, the download I received was that we need to manage our expectations, because, you know, expectations are the anticipations or hopes that we have as individuals regarding specific outcomes or behaviors in various aspects of life. So whether it's our personal relationships or work or events or just in general, it shapes our reactions and our decisions. And sometimes these can be realistic and most times it's unrealistic. So let's go through a few examples. Say, for example, you need to get to somewhere by 5 p.m. And you know, it only takes you 30 minutes, even with heavy traffic. So you leave an hour in advance and you say, okay, I'm scheduling an Uber to pick me up. I'm giving myself a 30 minute cushion in addition to the 30 minutes it's supposed to take me to get there. And then you get there late. Would you be upset? I guess you would be because you anticipated all the things that could happen and you planned for that. 
And then the thing that you were trying to prevent still happened. So it's disappointing, right? Let's say, for example, you're single and you're looking for this amazing person to sweep you off your feet. And, you know, year after year, it's just not happening. And you're like, when is this going to happen? If I told you that it's going to happen on February 26th and I told you the year, then obviously you can be more even tone and more, um, you can be calmer knowing that it's going to happen on this date. The issue in life is that we don't often know when things are going to happen. So we spend time waiting. We spend time in anticipation. We spend time in expectation. And this can create disappointment. So we want to make sure that as we're going through life and we're expecting things to happen, that we are managing the expectations and even letting go of the possibility of something not happening. And it's not that you're letting go of hope. It's not that I want you to walk around hopeless, not expecting God to fulfill his part or to do the thing that he promised or the thing that you so deeply desire. But it's really about the idea of making sure that your expectations are realistic, right? So it could even be the flip side. Maybe you've been married for six years or 10 years and you still feel like you don't know your spouse and you still feel like you're having the same conversations over and over and you're wondering, when is this going to get better? Or even worse, is this ever going to get better, right? So if you knew when something was going to happen, again, you wouldn't have the anxiety or the stress or the overwhelm that comes with it. If you told me that all babies wake up every 20 minutes during the night and my baby woke up <clears throat> every two hours, I would be jumping with joy. Right. But if you hear that babies sleep through the night or they sleep four hours or six hours or eight hours or 10 hours, and that's not what you're experiencing, that's when there's a disconnect because you're like, wait, hey, this is what the book says. This is what the people said. This is what social media said. But that's not what I'm experiencing. So a lot of it has to do with managing expectations. If we can take a more relaxed approach and trust that it, the thing, whatever that is, will come in time and eventually we'll see the thing. Right. I am fresh off a hectic night. My baby was just not feeling well between a stuffy nose and teething and probably some gas pains. It was a hectic night. And I was there to comfort and to put back to sleep and to be the pacifier, right? So it was a hectic night. But say, for example, I just really rested in the fact that He's on his own path, regardless of how other babies sleep or what the doctor says or what other people say. If I just really am able to rest peacefully in my heart and mind, know that eventually he's going to reach this glorious milestone of sleeping through the night. Not because, you know, of this age or not because you overfed the baby so they can go into a food coma, not because you gave them this amount of ounces of milk, but he's going to do it on his own time when he's developmentally ready and when he feels safe and secure enough, right? Or not because he had to do it on his own because no one would come, right? So probably one of the main reasons we think it's such a big deal is because we don't have realistic expectations of sleep patterns of babies, or we don't have realistic expectations of how long it takes to build a business. We don't have realistic expectations of 
what learning looks like. We don't have realistic expectations of how friendship looks, right? If we weren't bombarded with like magazine articles and studies from prestigious universities and social media and other people's stories, you know, maybe we would be able to manage expectations a little bit better because we would just be going with the flow and going with the ebbs and flow saying, well, this is my life. This is what's happening here. And until something changes, this is what it is. So I'm just going to find joy in the journey and I'm going to enjoy the process and actually trust the process, even though I don't know what the process is. So as I think through it, I'm thinking if our expectations were not so different from what should actually happen, much of this problem would disappear. Meaning a lot of our problems are imagined. A lot of our problems are self-inflicted. A lot of our problems are made up. Now, if you're going through something like homelessness or financial issues, this is not something you're imagining. You look in your bank account and you see zero, you see negative. This is not something you're imagining. But there are other things that we don't have control over and we put these unrealistic expectations and deadlines and timelines on it, knowing that we can't control when it really happens. And those are the reasons why we have these problems, right? So I really wanna encourage you to manage manage your expectations because it's such a crucial part of maintaining healthy relationships and achieving your personal and professional goals. Because the flip side is that unmet expectations create disappointment. Right. So I've heard people complain that, you know, they created this social media post and not a lot of people liked it. And I'm like, can a double tap and a heart keep you warm? Can a double tap pay your bills? Like, I really don't care. Like, I don't post on social. I'm like very inactive. I have social media pages that just don't go on. Um, but it was never tied to my happiness or to my self-worth or to my identity. That really never mattered to me how people responded to or engage with my post. Um, and I hear people say, but it just takes two seconds. Why can't they just like it? Or why didn't they like it publicly, but they sent me a message? Or how comes they like someone else's stuff? When we start to manage expectations and really let go of, listen, I'm posting this because I want to post it, or I'm doing this because I want to do it. And whatever else happens is a cherry on the top, but it's not the reason for why I'm doing it then we'll start to experience less disappointment because our reason for doing something is because of a personal desire, not because an expected outcome or reaction. So, you know, when we set expectations that are too high or beyond what is realistically achievable, we're more likely to be disappointed because those expectations are not met or probably cannot be met. It's the same thing with assumptions. You know, sometimes we assume that someone is going to show up the way that we would show up or we assume that someone would do something because we knew that if they were in that situation, this is how we would have um, you know, rallied around them or supported them. And we can't just project on other people and say, well, if you were doing this, I would have done that. So expect the same thing, especially if there's a lack of communication and you fail to communicate your expectations. That's one of the major things that allow for disappointment because we're not sharing we're expecting people to read our minds or again we're projecting and saying well I would have done that why couldn't they do that or I always do that for them why did they do that for me you know when we have these assumptions and the lack of communication or dependence on external factors it's really making us vulnerable to disappointments because when those factors don't align 
then you feel frustrated. So I really want to encourage you to let go of the attachment to outcomes. Stop with the comparisons because comparison is a thief of joy and it really belittles what God has done in your life, right? So if God gave you a car that works, it drives, it does everything it needs to do to get you from point A to point B, but you're looking at the Joneses over here with a Tesla or a Range Rover, and you're like, well, why can't I have that? What about the time you didn't have that car? When you got it, it was like the best thing ever, but then here you are comparing, comparing and belittling what's being done in your life. Another thing is that change in circumstances, the only constant is change. Things are going to change. Like if we haven't learned that we can't control external circumstances after a whole pandemic, then we have a ways to go and avoid an excessive disappointment in our life. Things change, things happen, and we don't always have control over it. So I implore you to let go of expectations, let go of unrealistic expectations, release people from being God in your life. A lot of us have God-sized void, and that's why we're expecting things from other people. We're expecting the man to show up as your dad or to fill the daddy issues. You're expecting your friend to heal the relationship that never got sorted out with your mom. You're expecting the new friend to be what the old friend wasn't going to be. Then you bring all that baggage into the relationship. We have to let go of expectations and stop putting weight on pressure of other people to fill voids that only God can fill in our lives. As a result of doing this, you're going to experience so much more gratitude, improved relationships, so much more flexibility, and just increased empowerment because you're the one who has control over your feelings and your emotions. It's not situations. It's not other people. So I do want to just share again that letting go of expectations does not mean lowering your standards. It doesn't mean that you have no goals or no boundaries. It doesn't mean that you have no standards. That's not what it means. It just means being open to different outcomes and not attaching your happiness solely on a specific result. So that mindset shift can really lead to more positive and fulfilling lifestyles. Um, and then I don't want you to get to a place where your expectations have moved from disappointment and now it's breeding resentment. I don't want you to get there. Um, I don't want you to get to a place where your relationships have started to deteriorate because the trust and the intimacy in relationships have eroded. I don't want you to get to a place where you're unable to resolve conflicts because the resentment has festered and grown so much that it's becoming a cancer in your life and just spreading and causing dis-ease, which eventually leads to disease. So it's essential to communicate openly, to practice forgiving and letting go, and really foster that open communication so that if you do want something to happen, you can share that expectation, but otherwise really letting go of all that other people are supposed to do and just really leaning on God and trusting in God. So I can talk about managing expectations for a really long time because it's so pivotal and it's so critical for us to release and let go and let God, right? Really let God in and let him be the one who is filling your cup and who's allowing for you to live this fulfilling life. You know, in the homeschool day, there's so many things that we can do to set up ourselves for failure as it relates to managing expectations. For me, it could be the simple pencil. The simple pencil, 
where I'm like, all right, boys, let's go. We're going to start school. Everybody ready? Yeah, we're ready. Okay, here's this worksheet for you. You're going to work on this. Here's this math paper. I want you to work on this. Are you ready? Okay, let's go. I can't find a pencil. <laughs> and then I'm like, but we have pencils in three places. You have them on your desk. You have them in that red belief box and we have them on the shelf, the white shelf. Remember, we put the pencils in three different places so we can find it. Why is it that we have over 96 pencils in the house and we can't find them? I know we have 96 pencils because I bought them, right? Oh, but they're not sharpened. And it's the expectation of this thing is going to take me 10 minutes. It's going to take them 10 minutes to do this. And then we're going to go to the park. It's going to take them 10 minutes to do this. And then I'm going to take my call. I'm going to do lunch or whatever it is. And you're like, why is this small task taking so long? That's one of the biggest disappointments for me. When my when I feel like my time is being wasted, when I know something is so simple and it just takes so long, maybe it's me chatting with a uh, customer service forever, calling them and saying, "Hey, can you just do such and such?" And then you know, like really laying out everything that needs to be done. All they need to do is click the button, press submit, give me a confirmation number. Forty-five minutes later, we're still on the phone. Those are the things that really get me riled up. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a 20 minute ordeal. This is a five minute ordeal. Why is it taking so long? But what if I approach that from a more proactive stance where back to the pencil situation, like, you know what? The last couple of times I really got upset about the pencil. I'm going to say to them, hey boys, we're going to start school in five minutes. Make sure you have your pencils ready. Or the night before, as they're sleeping and I'm preparing for bed, I put out their pencils on their desk, right? I usually don't take a lot of ownership when it comes to their homeschooling because I want them to learn responsibility and I don't want to coddle them. So it's probably going to be the former of, hey, go get your stuff ready because no one has time to be looking for a pencil for 10 minutes. Um, but there's so many ways for us to be proactive in different things. It could be the math lesson where we're going to teach one concept and it seems really simple and you've done the prep work, you've done the lesson planning and they're just not getting it. This is not the time to be frustrated. It's the time to manage expectations and say, I know this. I think I'm teaching the best way possible, but there's a possibility that they may not get it. It may not click. It may not be as fast as I expect it to be. So what does that look like? Really imagine expectations. Um, you know, as the holidays are coming up, or just different things happening, you know, like people visiting, things happening, things change. And I feel like if we start to lean into the flexibility of homeschooling, then we'll be able to manage expectations a little better. Like, okay, I didn't start exactly at eight. I didn't start exactly at nine. I didn't start at 10. I didn't start at one. But what are the things that if I just get these core things done every day, then I feel like we had a full day of accomplishment. For me, that's Bible and devotion, math, reading. That's it. As long as we get those three things accomplished, I feel like we did something. Now they're the rock star days when we do the history, the geography, the science, the Latin, and all the things. And that's great. But I'm not going to create these unrealistic expectations, thinking nothing is going to happen. I'm not going to get an unexpected call that took an hour. I'm not going to have, you know, a spill that I'm going to have to clean up. I'm not going to have a day where the baby needs more attention and he's not sleeping at the time that I expected him to sleep. Let me take that back. He, he's on his own schedule. I have no idea what he sleeps. He does what he wants to do when he wants to do. But anyways, right, um, really leaning into the flexibility managing expectations, and letting go of unrealistic expectations. That is a major key to being healthy, healed, and happy.
So if you have any thoughts, if there's this one thing that comes up in your homeschool day or in your business um, or in your marriage or in your parents and whatever it is, I'd love for you to share that with me. Send me a note, add a comment, just let me know what that thing is. And the coach in me has to ask you, what is the one thing that you're going to eliminate or integrate to make sure that you are now managing expectations better? So what is a proactive approach? Say, for example, it's a business thing and you're like, okay, you know, I need to get some clients. Consistency is key. You don't know how long it's going to take. What are the mindset shifts that you're going to make? Where are you going to show up? How are you going to show up in your homeschool life? What are you going to do differently? If you've been doing something and it's not working, insanity, my friend, is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So what are you going to do differently? How are you going to show up differently to get different results? How are you going to manage expectations and be more proactive about setting realistic expectations? I'd love to hear from you.